0: Guten Morgen, meine Damen und Herren. Wir sind hier, um Deutsch zu lernen. Uh, No, Uh, we're not here to learn German. We're we're here to learn Christ. So I'll use English. And the time is short, so I'll stick closely uh, to my manuscript. There was a bit of an irony, wasn't it, that many of us couldn't understand the lesson Professor Mills just read, yet this lesson was all about making God's Word understandable to people in their own native language, on the first Christian Pentecost. You know, there are super-religious people who think you have to work at getting near to God, so you better learn Arabic if you want to really read the Quran. You better learn Hebrew if you really want to read the Old Testament. You better learn German if you really want to learn the New Testament. No, it wasn't German, right? It's Greek. I think that's what our professors say. But at least for some people, it's satisfying to be among those who jump significant hurdles in order to practice their religion. But God has no use for the pride that claims that people are cl- chosen and close to God because they work so much harder than others at their religion. So on that first Christian Pentecost, Peter may well have preached in Ger- no, I mean in Greek, uh, the common language of the day. But the Holy Spirit also saw to it that people heard the good news in their own native languages rather than in their second or third language, Greek. And what was this good news? Well, we heard it this morning. John puts it plainly. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only begotten Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yes, God comes to us in everyday human flesh. And so, day by day, God visits us in everyday English, pointing again and again to the one who became like us so that we could be forgiven, freed, saved in this life and eternally. And this is a bit of a reason to celebrate German heritage and German language and literature, because there are a couple interesting moments in German history where opposition to the pride that wants to make people jump hurdles to get close to God, uh, emerges in interesting ways. Uh, You may remember that in various times and places in the church's life, there were leaders who wanted people not to have the Bible in their own language and rather tried to keep a monopoly on the Bible for just the leadership. But already 1,200 years ago in Germany, there were wise Christians who went against this prideful practice. They're not alone, but they're an interesting example. A Christian king named Louis the Pious in Saxony, in the heart of Germany, back in about A.D. 830, commissioned a gifted Saxon poet to put the story of our Savior into the language of the Saxon people. I don't have time to tell you about the old Saxon Haliant, the story of the Savior, but it's a wonderful epic poem in the language and idiom of ordinary people of that time. Now, many of you know that thorough reform of the church began 700 years later in the same German Saxon homeland with a pastor named Martin Luther. He was plenty smart, but he understood that God comes closest to us in simple ways right where we are. So he brought the Bible out of the Hebrew and Greek into the ordinary language of the Germans of his day. There's interesting evidence, in fact, that Luther knew the old Saxon halient and that it influenced his own translation work. And, of course, many other reformers shared Luther's understanding, and the Bible soon appeared in French and English and all the languages of the peoples. Well, this is wonderful. We have been blessed with the gift of God's word in our own native language. But there's a danger here. In our pride, we all too easily begin to despise things that seem too simple and ordinary. Think about it. We have the outrageous effrontery to say to God, Look, God, you claim to come to me in ordinary English, in ordinary water, in ordinary bread and wine. You claim to speak to me through ordinary ministers who, frankly, bore me, and through ordinary music, that tires me. I don't have time for this, God. When you're ready to do something spectacular, let me know and I'll show up. Or at least make sure that your people do something that entertains me and makes it worth my while. But frankly, I've got lectures to plan, homework to do, parties to attend, so I'll pass on your ordinary Sunday worship and your daily word and prayers. What outrageous blasphemy against God, the God who became flesh so that he might be right next to us in the most ordinary and simple of ways. He's come as a real human, in ordinary language, through all too ordinary churches, and we have the effrontery to say, no thanks, I haven't got the time or the patience." We hear it already in John's Gospel. Jesus came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. That's what our pride does. Yet, and this is the beautiful good news, God patiently calls us back to his ordinary ways. And so, for whatever reason, here each of us is today. And God is today coming to you and to me with the good news of Jesus. And John's gospel says, to all who do receive him, who believe in his name, well, they're the children of God. Despite our pride, God keeps coming to us, and we can turn to him, receive his gifts. We can listen. We can grow in faith. We can be children of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.